Hello and welcome to the 6-1 IndieCast episode 117. My name is Mike Townjo at It's Mike Town. Tonight, I'm joined by the illustrious Harry Lazidis. Ill girl chill, baby. Hello. Hello. How are you, Harry? Oh, I'm great. My feet hurt, but it's worth it. <laughs> Harry, we did a lot of walking. And we I got to say, in the moment, great. But man, I resent you right now. <laughs> Yeah. It's only fifteen thousand steps today. It's not that big of a deal. It's only fifteen. Dude, my feet are a wreck right now. I can't believe. It. I, I'm so. No. Ugh. But I will All say, right, the well, shower afterwards, fantastic. It yeah. was like one of those like, like one of those showers that feel like the ultimate showers, like a shower that like you you, I like. Have you ever gone to a music festival? All. Yeah. So like it's a post like music festival. Like for me, it's like a post warp tour, post riot fest kind of a oh. shower. My analogy with those is usually when I used to do Tough Mudders and Spartan Races, the moment you, like, take all the mud off and, like, dress in normal clothes. Yeah. You're like, I am alive again. Just kind of that real refreshing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The true, yeah, it, like, washing everything off. It's kind of like taking a bath in, like, the uh, the Zelda fairy town, I would say. Mm, yes. Yeah. With the boobalicious fairies being like, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i'm like ah thank you i feel refreshed all because of you well hey the reason that we're exhausted and in a lot of pain and did a lot of walking and my back is killing me uh is because today mere hours ago we were at play nyc play crafting's uh new york indie event we had a fantastic time uh yeah we did but before we get into it let me remind you that you are listening to the 6-1 IndieCast, a weekly video game podcast highlighting the indie gaming scene and smaller games outside of the AAA space. You can tune in live every Thursday night on youtube.com slash 6-1 Indie at 8 p.m. Eastern or catch episodes as they drop on all major podcast feeds first thing Monday morning. If you're hungry for a little more, you can support us over on patreon.com slash 6-1 Indie and snag some extra goodies such as our bonus post shows. But if money is tight, no worries. You could still show your support in so many ways. Leave a review. Follow at 61indie on Twitter for now. <laughs> uh, give 61indie.com a gander and tell your friends all about us. Speaking of Patreon, shout out to those producers. Joe Wilson, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Aaron Cini, Alec Bobco, Corby, Cor no, Kobe Cortis, Cole, a.k.a. The Good Sir, and Jessica Sanchez little bit of housekeeping for you before we get into play nyc uh today is november 5th today is 6-1 indies birthday today is our second anniversary we kick off year three today uh if you go over to patreon.com slash 6-1 indie we have kind of a breakdown of a lot of the things that we announced uh the biggest being that yeah we're we're moving from twitch and streaming exclusively on youtube now so indiecast will now be streamed live on youtube uh, and that means you'll be able to catch the episodes, you know, the VODs on YouTube on Monday morning simultaneously as they drop on uh, all major podcast services. Same goes for any game streams and like special events like Extra Life and so on and so forth, live reacts, stuff like that. Uh, Patreon got a little bit of a refresh. We kept things, keeping things a little simple. We're doing just three tiers, uh, more affordable, adding extra value, uh, some cool perks such as The Coop, which is going to be a monthly newsletter highlighting itch.io games. Of course, Indie 100, you're getting two episodes of that a month now and uh, a host of other things. And finally, uh, if you're watching the, the YouTube version of this, you can see this fancy new overlay. Shout out to Mike Clancy who made this fancy overlay and our fancy new logo. Where is it? There it is. It's so good. It's so good. It's Mike so killed good. it. He's, I, when I saw everything when i saw the new logo when i saw the overlays i was like oh this is what it looks like when you get an actual graphic designer to mm. do things for you not yeah. somebody who kind of makes shifts his way through adobe and pretends yeah, he, like he he's knows a wonderful he's gem wonderful so. gem uh he also designed some new merch for us so if you go to six indie.com you go to the store you could get uh our first tie-dye t-shirt yeah. it's like a black tie-dye t-shirt it's really freaking cool it's so good so good um but yeah if you go to patreon.com uh it's a public post you can see a full breakdown of what we announced today for 6-1 indie day yeah uh and the only other little bit of housekeeping uh harry and the editorial team put up a bunch of pieces lately harry do you want to give a, a rundown of what's on the site right now yeah so the past maybe 10 days we were been pretty busy 
posting a bunch of reviews and a bunch of interviews. Um, I believe last time we chatted, we talked about our exclusive Dire Vengeance Switch version announcement, which is a action platformer game from the wonderful people at Magic Shot Games. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, I remember the acronym. I, I was drawing the blank on what I actually stood for. Um, so that's been really cool to kind of dive in for the past couple of weeks and kind of talk about that game, showcase it, and review it. Um, Juno did a really cool interview with Lilith Walther, who is the creator of Bloodborne Cart, as well as the Bloodborne Demake on Itch.io, right? Yep. As well as we posted three reviews this week, so we've been hammering away. So I did the Dire Vengeance review, which you can check out on 61indie.com. Um, Austin Ernst did a Paradise Marsh review, for which is a Pop Agenda game, and, and it was developed by, um, what is it, Lazy Eddie, which has been positively received from Austin, as well as the review for We Are OFK by Juno Stump, which was also yeah. received very positively. So <laughs> a lot of bangers this week that we posted about, uh, and you can feel free to check out all those specifics at 61 slash read. Yeah. Yeah, and more to come. More to come. Yeah, editorial's killing it. I appreciate you greatly. I appreciate you greatly. Hey. And I appreciate all the writers greatly. Yeah, they're killing appreciate. it. Appreciate. Uh, I forgot to mention, this week, we're sponsored by Dire Vengeance and Magic Shot Games, but more on that later. I want to start talking about Play NYC. Mm. I want to talk about all the games that we played. I want to talk about all the fantastic people we got to chat to today. Harry, you are the keeper of the notes. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you lead this. Sure. You, well, you get to, yeah, you get to choose our adventure of how we uh, go on discussing today. I'm all about that. But Mike, real quick, um, Harry's old, tired, and forgetful. Can you remind everyone what Play NYC is? <laughs> sure. Thanks. Play NYC is a New York City uh, games convention highlighting indie games uh, put on by the wonderful folks at Playcrafting. Um, I think this year is the fifth or sixth year. Uh, usually you got folks like uh, Rockstar sponsoring a bunch of like student games. Um, Graffiti Games had a wonderful presence there, uh, which were games funded by Playcrafting to be able to show uh, builds of these wonderful, unique uh, concepts to both us like as media and uh, fans of games. Uh, it's a wonderful just niche community kind of event. Like it's no packs. It's no Day of the Devs. Um, but it's always a real special vibe going there. It feels like going home, you know? Oh yeah. It's been, uh, it's comforting and exciting and chill. Um, and what was it? One of the developers kind of characterized it as like, it's a chill vibe yeah, it's as a vibe. well as their game. So that summarized like a chill vibe. There wasn't like anyone rushing or running. Everyone was very positive and pretty much just gave good vibes whether you were um a media person just a regular patron exhibitor uh creator everyone was in good spirits and yeah always offering some good thoughts and just smiles like that throughout the whole kind of six hour adventure yeah which is nice um, before we get into the games themselves, let's talk about this year's event. Uh, so usually it happens. Well, usually it happens in August. Mm-hmm. Obviously, today is November. Uh, and it's usually a two day event. And so I was a little surprised that A, it was in November and B, it was just Saturday. Um, a lot smaller this year. Yeah, so I would agree with that. I think the games though they were very nice quality i think there was just way less of them and we were kind of brainstorming off air trying to figure out why that might be happening so it might be still covid related or yeah pricing related or people are still working on games and don't want to show them yet um or there's just other events happening in the country that there may be that may be focused on them as well that they want to kind of put their foot forward well yeah something worth noting today was also day of the devs Mm -hmm. in san francisco which is a pretty i would say the indie event now Um, yeah even uh we we met up with our friend eric who's uh developing lucid uh the 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 developer that um 
I'm sorry, Lucid, the game that opened the mini indie showcase last spring. Uh, I'm very tired. That's why I'm mm-hmm. not on my game today. Uh, but uh, yeah, he mentioned that he is a part of uh, the completionist indie event that's coming up. I think it's Indiecade. I forgot what it was called. I think it was Indiecade. That's Indie-Cade? what I remembered. Um, so yeah, it's, I love that we're getting a, a real packed season of these indie exclusive events, uh, especially combating things like God of War, Call of yeah. Duty, Sonic. Uh, typically, like this is the holiday. Obviously, the holiday season is AAA season. This is where you release your big ass video game. So mm-hmm. I like that our little uh, indie scene is yeah trying to find its own pocket in the holiday season. Even we'll talk about it in a little bit, but we just discovered a few more indie events in Manhattan itself um, Mm -hmm. that I'm really looking forward to. So it's cool that like, yeah, there's a lot more of these popping up. But um, yeah, and I'm a big fan of it not being in 108 degrees summer, despite it being very hot today. Yeah, (laughs) I'm very glad I wore shorts and a T-shirt today. I was Um, dying. It was it's very busy season. So I can understand maybe that's also why so many fewer people or games right. are showcased because there's a million and one things going on. Like even in like my teacher sphere, there's a lot of stuff happening at the end of the quarter or the um, lead up to holidays and everyone's just kind of trying to grind it out and kind of put their head to the ground. And be like, okay, what do I need to do to get everything done so I can chill um, or get my stuff done? So a lot's happening in November. <laughs> I'm also curious why November and not the usual August. It seems like something must have happened on the back yeah, end. Yeah, there must but... have been some back end thing. It was in a new venue, which was really cool. But maybe it could have been the venue. Maybe, that. Yeah. maybe that place from previous years doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Cool. Maybe it just shut down. I don't know. But I think either way, even though it was smaller later and in a different venue it was still a good time so oh my god yeah the, i think I mean, that well, was the, the well, overall like thing that was great about it that we we both were like hmm, i don't know what's going on with this area but like we went in we liked it and they were like all right this seems this seems up to par on typical times yeah like we got there at like 12 o'clock and we thought like are we really are, like there's no way we're gonna like take too long like there's no way we're gonna be here for five hours or anything and it turns out we were, we were just because <laughs> of the conversations that we were having and yeah. the quality of the games themselves and that's the other thing too like it's so like nice to talk to the devs and the like the pr people and even the the people in charge of the event and it's not like we're all schmoozing up the wazoo it's all oh, yeah. genuine conversations and there's no rush because there's not a million people behind us. So we can actually have an, a real conversation and not just be like, Oh, Hey, I'm Harry. See you later. Bye. And then do that 15 times. So right. we're able to go in depth instead of just the cursory. I'm Harry from six, one Indy high five and then walk away, <laughs> which would be nice too. But Oh yeah. plenty. Of it was times. nice to, and we'll talk about a few of the games in the segment. It was nice to connect with people who are creating the games and then yeah. also creating like a, a genuine connection. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I can't wait to chat with them later. Um, and we, we might have like, some future dev interviews in lined yeah. up. So, you know, we get to do that at like a PAX East or something, but obviously like a PAX East or an E3, it's a little more chaotic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously much bigger events and people forget names, forget who you are, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. And yeah, it's four it's a- days, those kind of things. So like right. by day three or, or day one and a half you're already zonked out at least with it being one day it's all high energy for five or six hours and then we're like all right cool we're we're all still riding the high and we'll see each other some other time uh i also want to just give a shout out to dan butchko uh founder of playcrafting wonderful gentleman he's genuinely just so passionate about the indie scene especially the indie scene in new york um so just kudos to dan for putting on another brilliant show yeah we saw him for a hot second yeah right at the beginning <laughs> we got to like, say hi hey. very briefly uh and quickly <laughs> catch up guy. but yeah he's a very busy guy so. all right so let's start talking about games there's about a dozen i think that we can chat about um but for any long on time we can just give me the the chat on that but i think one of the standouts that we saw was romance vania yeah uh, the, the deep end games so do you want to fill us in on what romance vania is yeah, Romancelvania. What am I saying? 
romance vania. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long day. It's it's been a long day. Uh, I'm actually I'm gonna pull it up on Steam just so I can give you the actual description for you. Uh, yeah. Bite into Romancelvania, a darkly comic genre mashup combining side-scrolling action and tongue-in-cheek romance into one completely absurd and unforgettable adventure. Uh, so yeah, Romancelvania, the, the pitch here is that it is a Castlevania dating sim. Mm-hmm. You play as Dracula, uh, who... I forgot what the setup with Drac was. It's like he was defeated a long time ago, or he... He's been like trapped in his castle for a hundred years. He's in a mood where he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. So he doesn't want to leave and something draws him out of his castle. Um, And something that was really fun that you picked up on is that like his castle is all pixel art Mm -hmm. because it's been a long time, which is a really fun touch. Um, And all the characters and enemies and stuff are rendered in 3d. Um, You leave the castle and uh hilariously enough uh once you leave the castle and go into the mortal world you end up in a it's called the galleria mall and hilariously enough there's a galleria mall right near me so that Mm -hmm. that was a nice connection uh and you go into a spirit halloween where the grim reaper traps you and it's like this whole ploy to like trap you into the mortal world uh and the only way i think the only way to get back to your castle is to participate in a bachelor like dating game show uh so yeah it's a weird mashup mm-hmm. but it works so well yeah and it's it was fun to play and the voice acting's great and it's it is very self aware that it's corny and it leans into it like tenfold like there's so many innuendos there's so many like jokes within jokes uh, and it had me like chuckling as we were talking to the 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 team that was showcasing it yeah it's a husband and wife team out uh right outside salem um yeah. brian and amanda brian and amanda so shout out to them lovely folks yeah. um they, they actually had their kids at the show and i felt bad yeah. for amanda like keep an eye on the kids i i cannot imagine doing that um yeah, Amanda is actually a romance writer. Uh, she mm-hmm. wrote Romanceylvania. Uh, Brian is a former AAA dev, worked on the Bioshock series, uh, yeah. which is really cool. Specifically, uh, they, uh, he was show- talking about um, Infinite. which is Infinite, really Yeah, cool. mainly Infinite. Um, wild that they've been developing this game in their basement for the past three years, I think they said. Mm-hmm. Um, this game seems... So, so I played this... A couple i played this last month uh during steam next fest and i was so impressed with it i i think we talked about it briefly a couple episodes ago um this game is so polished and feels so good it must be close um yeah like and you were talking like obviously you were celebrating the writing and the comedy and just how absurd it is like seriously like the i it's like hard to like really talk about it because i don't want to spoil anything yeah even like the mall stuff is like brilliant yeah, the, uh, there's just like a lot of the puns and whatnot. Every couple seconds, you'll see something in the there's background something. or there's an item or there's yeah, a weapon. Or a UI element, a character, like something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really tongue in cheek and really uh, intelligent in his writing. Um, but on the flip side, the combat is incredible. Like if you told me like this was a Castlevania game, I would be so thrilled because mm-hmm. it feels of quality. It feels like I am playing a new rendition of Symphony of the Night yeah and like and obviously it, like sorry go ahead no yeah okay. no it, was, it seemed like brian was very passionate about castlevania and mm-hmm. you know funny enough we were talking about like how it's wild that there's not a castlevania game out there like mm-hmm. kind of right, right in the coattails of the netflix series right and we were laughing like well hopefully they uh hold off for a little bit longer yeah, um because right. yeah this is definitely gonna fill uh that gap and scratch a lot of itches that people have for castlevania yeah, and the sound design was good. I really like the visuals where it was 3D renders as well as 2D renders in various spots for the background. So it kind of played in on itself where it kept changing perspectives and changing like how you can perceive things. Uh, and it, it kept me engaged enough, especially with the dating sim aspect where yeah. everyone's so thirsty. <laughs> it's very thirsty. Um, so you're just trying to find stuff to increase your relationship level and then kind of go from there um the demo was definitely lengthy too we must have been there for like a half hour chatting and yeah it's a meaty demo 
um, which I wasn't expecting it to be that long, but yeah, it was it was cool enough where you get the vibe, and then I'm, I'm curious how they're going to elongate it to be a full fledged game. Um, my favorite thing was what Amanda told us about the voice actor who is voicing Drac. Do you remember the name? I don't remember the name. Yeah, um, Jack Weber. Jack Weber is the voice actor behind Drac, uh, who voices uh, Christian. Is it Christian? Maybe I think the Christian from- Gray from Fifty Shades of Gray. He this is the voice actor who does Christian Gray's voice in the and, audiobook. Yeah, for Fifty Shades of Gray. Because she and, was like, "Who can I find that's the thirstiest voice?" <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "A friend of hers knows." I, I think her a friend of hers is like the author of Fifty Shades of Gray, and like they know. Obviously, they had that connection with the voice actor. Yeah, it was just something like that where I was, was just like, "Okay, like, so funny." It just like adds to the humor a, and adds to the absurd yeah. nature. It's yeah. just so meta that it becomes the joke itself. And I'm just like, I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah. Incredible. I'm so excited for this game. I am too. What's uh, next? Let's, let's chat about Big Boss by Graffiti Games. Uh, Big Boss was that cool game we played where you play as one of those characters, like either a bard, a ranger, a cleric in a fighting game but you can also play as a giant boss character where you're kind of punching them and trying to defeat the good guys in quotes uh while being the bad guy so how did you enjoy that game mike well first off developer was not graffiti games graffiti games was the uh that's like the playcraft things you are 100 percent right uh, i don't have any of my business cards on me no his, so I, his I, name was matthew thank um, you there's at least that um yeah, I surprisingly really enjoy this. I think it's such a unique genre blend. Um, it's that asymmetric multiplayer kind of game, um, which is sort of coming back-ish. You know, it went away with Evolve, but obviously there's things like Dead by Daylight and so on and so forth. Um, what I really love about this is that the person playing the boss is um, the combat system is a JRPG, like turn-based combat system where you are choosing like attack skills magic from from a menu um and the other characters are playing like just a straight up like 2d action game just kind of like hack and slashy um and i thought that would be unbalanced when he was giving me that pitch but it works really well yeah like it doesn't feel like there's like a it doesn't feel like the boss is always going to win or the heroes are always going to win it feels like pretty balanced and the two um, times you played it, the first time you won as the NPC characters, um, and then the second I, yeah. time. So I I won as the boss the first time, and I think we won as the heroes the second time. I think so. It was it Something was not like the same outcome both times. Right. So that yeah, the, shows us it doesn't. It's not overpowered one way or another yet. Right. And uh, various heroes are on the way. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot how many he said, but he also mentioned that there is going to be a single player campaign that is like has roguey elements to it where um, again, like speaking like kind of hopping off Romancelvania, this is also going to be somewhat meta ish where I think they said like something you could roll in your like roguelite run is that like maybe one of the heroes is a speed runner. Mm-hmm. So like it's going to be a very fast character that you have to fend off. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to see what those different outcomes are. Yeah, and he mentioned over 18 skills for the boss, 48 spells for the characters. I think he said 12 characters overall. I think so. But they look cool. The art style is fantastic. Um, if anything, right now it's more of a proof of concept. So he's oh yeah, he was like still kind of exploring his options. But I think if he keeps it going, it's going to be a, a real banger once it's done. Yeah, I'm excited. I am too. Um, let's check out, but well, I mean, we could briefly talk about Scrapeboard. Oh God, Scrapeboard. Do you want to wait till the end? No, we can talk about Scrapeboard. Um, do you have the developer's name? Frank. Yeah, Frank. (laughs) Frank was one of the gentlemen (laughs) we talked to. (laughs) Um, so Scrapeboard is going to be, I can't believe I'm going to say these two words together or these two games together. Scrapeboard is a combination of DDR meets tony hawk's ride uh so again this is a this field field what the hell was that uh this felt like another proof of concept kind of game uh so 
everybody knows what DDR is. Uh, imagine DDR in an arcade, like there's that platform with all the squares and whatnot. Uh, this was a very crude version where the squares were like, <laughs> they were like kind of me- metallic plates uh, on this like wooden platform. And there was a skateboard deck with no wheels, no trucks, anything like that. So there's a skateboard deck on this platform. Uh, and that's it. The premise is you had to get on your skateboard and on the screen, you were fighting bosses and the the UI would show you the four squares that would like kind of correlate to your platform. And let's say like the bottom left square and the top right square would light up. You have to scrape your skateboard uh, like shifted diagonally to connect both squares together. And then that way you will uh, do an attack to the boss. Um, I am way too 30 years old. I am way too heavy and over uh, and out of shape for this game, but it was really fun. I had such a blast with it and I loved the aesthetic of it. I love fucked up weird looking games and this game was early 2000s flash very crude flash and like clearly did not give a shit about like licensing or whatever the boss i fought was the kool-aid man and i thought it was hilarious i was a little frog boy fighting the kool-aid man uh it looked like brilliant it looked like the frog from all the memes like yeah the pepe frog yeah um yeah like i'd imagine that's like placeholder so like the idea is it seems like frank wants to put it in like bars and whatnot Mm -hmm. which i think will be really cool it needs it needs some work obviously like safety precautions and whatnot uh because i almost busted my ass multiple times there's a video on uh six way indies twitter of me attempting this game um so yeah it needs like like ddr has like the rails around like if i had rails to hold on to and like help me shift around easy done yeah uh fantastic but um obviously it needs a little bit of fine tuning uh but like the main concept is there and i think it would be pretty cool in a bar or in a like an indie arcade or something like that yeah um, and I really he, liked... he even mentioned there is a like he has instructions to like make a home version as well if mm-hmm. folks want it in their homes which i would want this in my home <laughs> yeah and i and i love how it it's sort of as like a, a home project where he's like yeah let's just figure it out everything's open source for the most part where anyone can just here's all the information if you want to make it go for it um and it's super cool that he's doing his own spin on like the paraffin not paraphernalia peripheral (laughs) video (laughs) games on like a level that when you say it out loud like skateboarding ddr you're like of course how how's no one thought of this yet Um, So I'm really excited to see what happens with this in the future. And my favorite, my second favorite thing with this game first is you playing. So that was great. Um, But my (laughs) second favorite is the person right before us. I, there was a woman who was like looking at it from afar. She was like actively like you could see in her eyes that she was like, what is this? And then she like slowly went to it. She tried it with one or two feet. And then she's like, all right, this is awesome. Let me like take my jacket off and go full force. And she killed it. Yo, she and killed like, it. Yeah, she was so good. She and I'm like, so good. And we were all clapping at the end. We're like, yeah, you did it. Because like she was one of those like, I don't know what the F this is. Oh, I see it. Okay, I want to conquer it. And it was such yeah. a cool like couple minutes of seeing that. And like if that happens. 15 times in a night at a bar like that's that's a success for sure so i was i was digging it yeah i i want to play more <laughs> yeah. like i like i would love to play a version of that does that does have rails to hang on to and stuff like that and like if you do a home version of it obviously you could makeshift that somehow even if you mm-hmm. just like hang on to a wall or some shit yeah or Granted, it very dangerous but yeah. hey well my first thought in, in terms of like modifying is do it like a like the finger size skateboard to where you're doing the take. take oh decks. yeah. Do like, like a tech deck version. Yeah. Make it one fifteenth of the size and then you kind of play with your fingers instead of your feet. So you don't fall down. Cool. Yeah. And more accessible for a lot of people. So, yeah. but you know, I'm sure more people who are more technologically advanced and programming advanced will figure out cool ways to modify that for whatever they want. Yeah. Like water polo or something. <laughs> water polo. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, well, Harry, I want to hear about that next game. But first, I want to remind you that on Patreon.com slash 61 Indie, you could get access to Indie IndieCast Plus, which is the ad-free version 
of IndieCast. But you're not listening on patreon.com slash So let me tell you about our sponsor, Dire Vengeance from Magic Shot Games. Depraved cultists have opened a portal to the dark realm and a demonic invasion has begun. Pandora ventures into the depths of hell to slay the dark powers who threaten to conquer the world of light. Collect soul orbs to upgrade your abilities and uncover a arcane weaponry hidden perilously in the deepest dungeons. Run, jump, and slash your way through frozen wastelands, lava-filled chambers, and living caverns made of pure, purifying flesh. I messed that up. As you battle uh, hordes of condemned monstrosities, defeat the many merciless masters of each stage to reach the final showdown with the devil herself. Leap, duck, and dodge through countless murderous traps. Use your trusty viper sword and magical ranged weapons to tear through demonic denizens who thirst for your blood in this classic style linear side-scrolling action game. Dire Vengeance is available now on Nintendo Switch and Steam. So go check out our friends at Magic Shot Games. Woo! Harry, what's right. next? Um, let's check out one of the games we saw towards the end. One thousand. Let me start that over. <laughs> one thousand deaths. Yes. There we go. Do we Where's have the right? developer name? How about you tell me about the game first? <laughs> sure. We so, are just off the rails. <laughs> yeah, we're. I, it's been a long day. We're very tired. We're very unprepared. I threw together this YouTube thing at the last <laughs> minute. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, 100 deaths? 1,000 deaths? Thousand. What's it called? 1,000 deaths. Okay. 1,000 deaths. Um, the, the build that we played of it, it was a level-based, I guess you would say, puzzle platformer. You mm -hmm. play as a little TV boy. Very cute. Loved it. It was like kind of a fever dream uh, Nicktoon. Mm -hmm. It looked, you know what the art style reminded me of? Tell me. Like if Nickelodeon decided to make a 3D Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that. So you play this little TV creature boy uh, and you're just going through various stages. It's just kind of just platforming challenges. So the first few that I played is just you're platforming around and you're just trying to collect TVs. There's another one where there are platforms just like moving all around the space up and down, left and right. And you just have to like do more precision platforming to navigate to the end. Mm -hmm. um, and then another unique one, like later on, we skipped ahead and there were like gravity puzzles. So you had to kind of like work out like there's a door that was like horizontal like let's say there was a door horizontal to your feet but like you couldn't just jump into the doorway you had to like navigate um Curve yeah the 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 platforms to kind of get the door upright i feel like i'm explaining that very poorly but that's the well, best i could do <laughs> my i think a good analogy is mario galaxy instead of it being curved planets that you have to walk around it yeah. was more boxy where you had to find the curve so that you can kind of maintain the gravitational force. Yeah. The Mario Galaxy was a great yeah. uh, comparison. Um, and then some of the ones that you were playing, you were playing some later ones, which were like intense. Like They were rough with, because a lot of it was now that you've kind of mastered the game, at least with the mechanics, how can you jump and propel yourself forward and then control that? So that was something that I was having trouble with, but it was a cool idea that, once you figure it out, it's going to be a bombastic like experience. But right now, yeah. when I was playing it, uh, the people at Pariah Interactive uh, hey. were really kind with their explanations Great. and being like, uh, Pariah, sorry. <laughs> uh, we're tired. It's fine. Um, they were really good at explaining, like, yeah, it's a progressive and there's a story behind it. I thought mm -hmm. the, the story aspect was super cool where there's multiple characters and there's conflicts between them in every episodic saga and then there be eventual branching paths which i thought was interesting so i'm curious how that's going to play out with the platforming and the puzzle solving and whether or not you'll see entirely different levels or the aesthetic is going to be different and stuff like that and they mentioned that we'll probably see it sometime next summer which i'm excited yeah. to see 
Yeah, it's cool. I could see myself digging or uh, pouring a lot of time into it. I like uh, um, the narrative stuff sounds really interesting, um, but I really like stage based challenges. Um, mm-hmm. Something we showed at the the mini indie showcase last year, Pogo Champ, is very much like that, and this reminded me a lot of Pogo Champ. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Now let's talk about a game that we saw and also towards the end of our adventure. And it was a game about fighting cars. (laughs) So you may know something about me that that we recently discovered in the past couple of years. I'm fantastic at weird as all hell fighting games. I'm the I'm probably the world's best fight of animals champion. I'll I'll just take that claim right now. Mm -hmm. Um. I forgot all I forgot other ones, but I'm very good at just bad. Gang not bad. I'm very yep. <laughs> I'm very good at just like awkward, weird fighting games. Um this is a fighting game. Uh low fighters. Is that what it's called? Let's go with that until I find something different. I think it was called Low Fighters. Um, where you play as low riders and you are literally using hydraulics of the cars to beat each other up it is fantastic it was so much damn fun and yeah, it's just it like it, it's yeah it, it's just brilliant in its absurdity um it felt like a Newgrounds game if that it's not too dated of a reference to uh comp- compare this game to um yes harry My oh yeah you just you looked very confused when i said Newgrounds. no <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, literally like yeah, uh, using hydraulics to beat the shit out of each other and like it's just whoever lasts the longest. That's it. Um, I think it was what the triggers like uh, right trigger was for your front tires, left triggers for your back tires. And like I I quickly figured out a way to like propel myself in the air and they just like ha- jackhammer you down into your mm-hmm. windshield. Uh, it was really fun. Um, and I really want to play more of it. It's really fun. Yeah, I'm curious how it builds on it because we didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, well, whatever. Um, I feel like that was but, a theme of the day for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that with jumping later. But uh, Juan really did like a fun thing where he was like, well, I wanted to do something that was kind of crazy. And like a lot of people like cars. So I figured why not fight cars with each other? So I yeah. thought the rationale was great. I love the idea of it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how many more versions of cars he's going to make. Because there was like a Spider One, uh, I hope there's like a DeLorean down the line. Just completely insane cars that are like, yeah, going to be funny to mess around with and be like, oh, I'm the the not DeLorean just for legal purposes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was fun for the the ten minutes we played it, and I can yeah, see play it two being, matches. Yeah, like great. a could be a cool party game for sure. Yeah, even just something like really bite sized. Just you want to do a quick, like, and it feels uh, granted you're not going to agree with this because you didn't know what you were doing. Uh, if it's very approachable, it's just two buttons, it's great, it's funny. Like, I was laughing even though I knew I was losing. I'm like, this is fun, yeah. It just brought out joy, yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah, it was a good uh, time. Another game that you loved based on your performance is Free Fall by Free Fall Abandoned Verse Games. So, tell yeah, us a little um, bit about that. Well, first off, Abandonverse were um, this was a student game, uh, an NYU game. So I think this was technically Free Fall Two. They were saying. Well, um, I, I think the first one was like a school assignment, right? And, and then this, this is like a, for real. the buildup of that. Yeah. So Free Fall, um, it is a precision platformer where it, you said it reminded you of Thomas was alone because you were just playing as a little square. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to make it from point A to point B. Uh, using wall jumps, using platforms, uh, avoiding fireballs. And the twist, I'll say, like the, the core mechanic is to rebuild your stamina, you have to free fall. So you could wall jump, wall jump, wall jump. And let's say you run out of stamina at a certain point, you have to jump in the center and free fall for a little bit to build your stamina back up. And once you do, you kind of have to like, it's a it's a balance of like, okay, let me inch a little bit. Okay, fall. Let me not go back to like the very bottom where I started and just keep crawling, crawling, crawling my way up there. And yeah, just get to the end. This game brought out my stubbornness a lot. 
I did not want to give up. I was very close to giving up. I did not want to give up. And I beat the goddamn thing. Good job. I was I the, the opposite. Thing. I, I know you not, gave up. <laughs> I couldn't fix like I don't know what mental block it was, but the and the the developers were explaining like you you have you can't fall with you on the wall because right. you're not free falling. I'm like, okay, but like what do I do? <laughs> and I just kept doing the same thing for like five minutes. I'm like, it's not clicking. I, like it's visually cool. I like the aesthetic. I like the vibe. Yeah, it's very it's beautiful. Just, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, all right, let's have Mike show it. And he did much better. And I'm like, okay. Like, and I, I don't hate. Know. And so I'm so were... big into puzzles and like trying to figure it out. But it was just like, wasn't having it today. I think that's why I'm more like, I love like Celeste and the original Meat Boy and like stuff like that. I, I like these kind of like precision platformers. And it's a precision platformer with a twist. But yeah, it's yeah. Um, And I was, first off, are you okay? You doing okay? Yeah, I you just get, forgot how to live? drink water. It's, cool. It's fine. Okay. Um, I hate. <laughs> God Sorry. damn it. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Um, I hate how confident I was going into it. So like the person ahead of yep, us, me too. <laughs> uh, the person ahead of us beat the demo in three minutes. I was like, Oh, okay. Easy. Yeah. Um, the devs were also doing a giveaway. If you could beat the game under eight minutes, you get a $20 steam gift card. I was like, all right, hell yeah. I'm going to get a steam gift card today. Let's mm-hmm. freaking go. Uh, yeah, no, that didn't no, happen. We, I and while I was playing it, they changed it to six minutes. I don't know if you noticed that I did. And I didn't want to blow. I'm like, well, they're probably running out of gift cards. So they're like, let's make this more challenging. <laughs> let's make it harder. Um, but it was cool that they, they knew that it, this had the potential for speed run stuff exactly yeah so, this is a like, this is definitely a speed run game and this they, really they cool. were saying that they only spent like two months and i think you mentioned that already but it's like wild what people can make in such a short amount of time so that that was, that, that was a cool theme that was kind of a there. big theme yeah mm-hmm. throughout the show that a lot of these games are um i mean aside from things like romancevania and a couple of mm-hmm. other projects but um a lot of things were like in development for at most four months something like that yeah and it's wild how polished something could be in four oh, months. Oh yeah, and we're we're gonna get to something that blew my mind. I think, I think we're gonna leave the last game we saw last because I think that's a banger. But one of Go the ahead. games that we did see and we didn't stay too long with it was Shoulder of Giants, which we saw like for a year already. Um, <laughs> which is pretty much the TLDR of it is you, it's like an action, um, action adventure game where you play as a frog who controls a mech. And you have to destroy all the dark, the darkness uh, to kind of bring light back to the planets. And I'm so freaking excited for this game to happen. Um, yeah, same. You still I, haven't tried it out yet. Have I you? haven't went hands on uh, with it yet. It seems like they were I think they said they were going to release the demo soon ish. I just publicly. I, I could have. Sw- I think there's going to be stuff happening with this game soon. Yes. according to the dev and he's and and he remembered us he's like oh, i remember you from last time i'm like yes because i keep <laughs> trying to corral people to play this game because yeah. it's so well polished even a year ago i thought it was great now it's even better it's so on point the music's great the visuals are great like i'm, I'm i can't wait for this to come out they already had their xbox trailer to showcase that's going to that platform so it's like a lot of good things are happening with uh patrick and everyone at that team um which Who you are team. looking up right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, shoulder of the uh, uh nope, standing on the giant, shoulder of the giant. If you're coming across us on YouTube for the first time, I swear we're usually way more prepared. It's it's, it's today was a Moving mentally taxing day. This is interactive. Yes, okay. There we go. <laughs> I love that like, yeah, let's do a podcast. Let me leave all the business cards I collected in the in the other room. Yeah, like there's somewhere in my bag over there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and it was it was fun chatting and kind of doing some shop with them uh, because like especially the longer we do the six one indie stuff um, and plus even before that, like it's cool to see a, a, a non popular game grow into something that people are aware of and grow yeah. into something people are excited about. And then you could be like, oh, my God, that game that I saw three years ago is blowing up and everyone's talking about it. Um and that's like a really like heartwarming thing because like you see all the pain and exhaustion and all the time and energy they're they're spending on the game turning into a fruit of their labor, which is always really beautiful. I feel like uh, 
our direct like kind of a uh, example of that is going to be lucid oh yeah for sure because we've been dealing with them for over like must be a year by now yeah about a year now so and even so- like after we showed it off it, it like obviously out of our showcase it, be, it was like the standout darling but then like after pax east it like started blowing up a lot more i was like mm-hmm. yeah our boy yeah no it's so cool yeah what do you got next man. All right. Aside from that, let's talk about. Did you try Unwound? Do you want to talk about? I that did for not. A hot second. All right. We could. Well, we could give the overview. Yeah. Do a TLDR of it. Yeah. It's um. I this is the easy comparison. It very much is in the same vein of Unraveled with a little yarny boy uh you play as a ball of yarn and it is a cute little character platformer um i did we did not get to play it uh but it looks really fun really charming um i think it's going for a semi-realistic art style so it's cool just to see like how um just how high fidelity it is. And it seemed like it's still in an early state, but it, it's definitely trying to do the unraveled thing, except with a ball of yarn instead of a little yarn character. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is something I saw at PAX East also, but I just, I still just haven't had the chance to play it yet myself. Nice. Something I want to though. It seems like great, a, a great kid friendly game. I agree. Like if I had uh, a child, this would be like a great, like, Hey, here's yeah. baby's first platformer. Especially with uh, the camera controls and like how to get used to gameplay stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the other game I thought that was right near it was Project Anomaly, uh, Urban yeah. Supernatural Investigator, which is pretty much their pitch for it was um, pretty much Pokemon Snap, but with cryptids and mystical creatures where you can only see them through the camera. So you have to. You know, post your camera, take a picture, see where they are, and kind of move where you need to go to get the picture. Uh, I didn't go hands-on with it. I just kind of heard the pitch, and I was really interested with it. But they said there was a one- to two-hour demo live on Steam that you can check out. So I'm going to be checking that out in the next few days. Um, Because I didn't want to kind of rush a 10-minute demo if I can just kind of spend an hour. Right, yeah, kind Um, of breathe a little bit. Yeah, and what I really liked about it was the environment's 3D, but all the cryptids seem to be like 2D art. So it's kind of like a, a nice mix of like Toem's 2D features with yeah. a colorful 3D environment, which I thought was really rad. Um, I like that um, we're getting a lot more of these Pokemon Snap inspired games mm-hmm. like Umarangi Generation, uh, Beast of Mar- Marvel Island, Marvel Island, something yeah. like that. Uh, um, Toem, obviously. Paparazzi. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's the whole like cliche indie thing of like, okay, AAA, you're not going to do this. We'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, Granted, we got I a new have, Pokemon Snap. It was mediocre. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was really pretty. And I liked the surprise. I didn't like how you couldn't involve Pokemon, but that was weird to me. Uh, I only, I think I only have one more game, which is yeah. Let's game. let's end with it. All right. So the last game, which kind of blew us all away, was Lucky You, which yes. translates to Lucky Fish. Yeah. So Lucky Fish is pretty much a game that's only been made in the past couple months, but it's in a calligraphy style in black and white for ninety nine percent of it, and it's all hand drawn by the developer's mom. So it yeah. was a like really well. She's really good at making calligraphy. <laughs> and yeah, like, it's, um, rooted it's striking. in yeah, very much rooted in Chinese characters and like yeah, the the mother just like it is wild how gorgeous all the art mm-hmm. is and like how tastefully rendered everything is and it really feels like. Again, something we didn't go hands on with. We were talking to the developer as somebody else was playing. It's crazy how authentic it felt. Like it felt like I was watching somebody legitimately draw pen to paper. Yeah. Um, Or see those old like Chinese paintings in movement. Right. Like it was exactly like a one to one. My first deep cut thought was, um, this is a really deep cut in the legend of Korra. There's two episodes where 
they something happens and the art style changes from like modern art to uh, classical Chinese art and it was all in motion and that was my first like impression of it like oh this is like old school art but in 3D in 2D but in a 3D perspective yeah and it's like sprinklings of color so it's 99% black and white but then like maybe cherry blossom will sprinkle in the air or you get the feedback of the the fishing pole pushing and pulling to get the koi fish and it it was the one that I was like, I did like a hard stop. I'm like, what is this yeah. game? Um, and he even said like, this is a chill game. It's not trying to stress people out. COVID's really stressful. And everyone like, cause he, I think he said he lived in China for eight years. He lived in China so. for a long time. He just moved to New York about a month ago. Yeah. So like, he's noticing like, oh man, the U S is really stressed out too. Like hopefully this helps everyone. Uh, <laughs> and I, he said there's a demo or he's going to drop the demo soon on itch. So yeah, we downloaded that the moment. Uh, I don't know if we explicitly said it's a fishing game. Yes. <laughs> Just to throw that out there. That's what yeah, the game lucky is. you. And the you is uh, the, the word for fish. So yeah. it's pretty much lucky fish, which lucky I thought fish. was really nice. And I love the idea of his mom uh, doing the art and also being like, well, what are you doing with this? Like, yeah, not really she, understanding. He, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> he said, like, his mom and dad don't really understand the video game scene. But he's like, no, no, I'm using the art to make something like super cool. She's like, all right. Yeah, all right. Like, it's the it's typical parent responses. And you're like, OK, right. whatever. Let me just do my own thing. Um, so I thought that was really like no matter where you are in the world, like you're, there's always a nagging parent behind you. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. So, yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up mm-hmm. our time today at Play NYC. It was yeah. a great time. It was a great event. It was wonderful. And there was a few other games, a couple tabletops, things that we weren't able to get to. But um, I'm sure we will see them in the future somewhere. Yeah, because you're going to PAX Unplugged. I am. December 2 through 4. Yeah. Maybe not all three days, but some of yeah. those days. Some of those days. So I'm excited to check those out. Uh, I already have a game for review that we can't talk about yet for Tabletop Land. Oh, really? But, oh, yeah. Hmm. Mm. So hmm, can't talk about it yet, but you'll find out eventually. <laughs> sure. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening to the 6 Indie Cast. Uh, a weirder episode because, A, we're fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah. B first time uh doing the YouTube stuff. This was kind of like a test bed for YouTube. Uh and yeah, like I know in the future now that we're gonna be on YouTube, I know Kyle, uh, who usually runs the back end of the show. We're gonna actually show like trailers and stuff. Uh we are Ooh. I'll drop all of the games that we talked about in the description of the podcast episode and uh the YouTube description with uh links and whatnot if there are links. Um, but yeah, we will be back live on youtube.com slash six one indie on thursday at 8 p.m eastern mike clancy and chat hello yay for the art <laughs> yeah yay um we'll be back thursday 8 p.m eastern on youtube.com slash 61 indie if you can't make it here live no worries we'll be on pa- uh episode will be on patreon shortly after and then on all major podcast services and back on youtube monday morning until next time We love you very much. Thank you for hanging out. See ya. Bye. Goodbye.